Folks, welcome back. It is 60 Days of Summer. I'm your host, Maniac Driven, my co-host, Nick Lovin, Long Island Nick, and pros and cons, the confidence man, Joseph Cons. Folks, gents, how are we doing this afternoon? Doing great. Doing great. Another week of baseball in the books. Uh, got a lot to talk about this show, but doing real well. I never thought I'd say this, but the baseball season is moving so fast right now that I'm, I'm struggling to keep up with all the stats and everything going on. Um, I'm confident that I can remember certain things, but there's just so much going on right now. I have to write things down now with every game that I watch. It's, it's crazy just how excited I was and maybe a little run down I am from watching too much baseball. Yeah, it was – I mean, we talked going into it. We're like, oh, there's so many games on. Love watching five at once. But let's face it, there's a little bit of a sensory overload going on. We got NHL playoffs. We got NBA playoffs starting up. It's just like there's so much going on that typically you're in the dog days of summer. You're like, you know what, I'm good on that Padres-Giants game at 3.05 on a Thursday. Instead, it's like your appetite wants to, but it, you just can't. It's like your, your stomach wants what your brain can't have, and that's basically what's going on with sports and baseball in my mind right now. But uh, obviously, storylines continue to grow. The Houston Asterisks continue to be crushed, continue to be hated. But we are leading off. Let's start with cons and then go to Nick. What surprised you most from this week? And, and what storyline that's developed are you looking most forward to tracking going forward? Well, I think the one thing that surprised me the most this week, um, you know, is I talked a lot. I, I talked a lot about Luis Robert, you know, in the Chicago White Sox. Um, you know, that AL Central, it, it appears to be, uh, you know, a battle between right now, you know, the, the Twins seem to have, have that division on lock, we would hope on paper. Um, but the Chicago White Sox back to back to back to back home runs against the Cardinals on Sunday in a 7 win. Bancada, uh, Yasmani Grandel, Jose Abreu, Aloy Jimenez, all hit home runs. And it's the 10th uh, time in MLB history, second time the White Sox team has hit four consecutive um, home runs in a game. I mean, we were waiting for that from the White Sox, but it was just an incredible sight to see. Um, and something to look forward to, uh, you know, definitely the, the Buffalo Blue Jays. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, they, they we're going to get into that later, but, uh, you know, they opened up in Buffalo this past week and, uh, you know, it was, it was great to see baseball in Buffalo. So I'm looking forward to see how, how the city really uh, receives them more moving forward. And Nick, what are you thinking? What are you tracking? Uh, you know, what's, what surprised me, honestly, is uh, I was wrong last week, which that never happened. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, you know, I was wrong about the Marlins. I really thought they were going to go. I thought they were going to hit the skids. Um, they lost a couple games and they picked it right back up. So surprised with this Marlins ball club. Uh, that's the beauty of a 60 game season, a team that is not really built to win, you know, anything major in a 162 game season. It's totally different in a, in a 60 game season. So surprise going to put my foot in my mouth on the Marlins, uh, before I make any more predictions on that team, because before we know it, they will be world series champions. Um, and then something to, Something to look forward to is Mike Trout right now. So Mike Trout is healthy. He's mashing baseballs like he usually does. Uh, he's tied for the uh, league lead with nine homers. Um, the guy looks locked in at the plate. He looks like he's uh, looks like he's hitting beach balls right now. So I think he's batting like three oh six, uh, which doesn't really look that great in this you know third of a season gone by already, where there's 
players that are in the 400s and high 300s. Um, but he's doing some amazing stuff. And um, I guess it's not really something that's surprising us, but it's definitely something to look forward to. You seeing some amazing baseball by the best player in the league. Hey, it's always good to see him flourish. And I think if you ask, you know, any baseball fan, who are the top two players? If you're starting a franchise right this moment, you'd pick. Typically, the conversation for the past three to five years has been Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. Obviously, you know, obviously there's arguments to be made with maybe some pitchers, but not. But those are the two, you know, top names in baseball. And one interesting thing, I saw a stat this week that uh, up until a couple or even currently, Bryce Harper under 500 with the Phillies. So not what you want to see when you make that kind of investment in a player. And that's the story that I'm tracking because the Phillies, obviously not a great start. Uh, They had, you know, the issues with the coronavirus in the beginning of the season. Um, But now they got swept by the Orioles earlier this week. And, you know, just when you think they're done, what did the doctor order? A trip in town from the New York Metropolitans. They sweep them and it seems like they're back on the, uh, on the right thing. So, be very interesting to see what the Philadelphia Phillies do in that division. Obviously, the Nats not off to a strong start. Everyone doesn't believe in the Marlins. I'm just right there with you, Nick. I don't believe in any. I still don't believe in them. The Mets obviously aren't going to do anything. So it'll be very interesting to see if the Phillies can make some noise in that division. And speaking of that division, speaking of all the divisions, uh, we do have a standing shuffle coming up. Before we get to that. Baseball in Buffalo, boys. It was leading up to it. There was every storyline, will they, won't they? Uh, You know, are they going to play in Canada, Baltimore, Philly, Pittsburgh? No, they are going to play in Buffalo. And then people are like, oh, why do you care? You can't go to the games. Well, like Shred and Reagan said, some guys can. And we were able to enjoy it. I mean, it feels like it started weeks ago, Cons. It feels like it started weeks ago, but it really was just all this week getting to take in this awesome Buffalo Blue Jays action. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, so, you know, everybody saw, you know, Trainwreck Sports, you know, we, we were at Seneca One Tower and, you know, it, it, to be honest with you guys, it, it was a grind. Um, you know, you really got to see baseball up and, you know, as close as we could get uh, from the Seneca One Tower for the first time and you know, a while. Um, but it, it was a grind, but it was fun. You know, we had, we had a great time and, um, man, they really took a script out of Buffalo sports history, giving us back-to-back extra inning games to open up the home away from, uh, from home, uh, series, but what an incredible, uh, uh, atmosphere, you know, I, I should say, but you know, what, a, what an incredible atmosphere, but, um, it was just really exciting to be able to spend time with, uh, with, with, you know, friends that you talk baseball with um, and be able to watch a live sporting event for the first time in four, three, four months. I mean, that was the most incredible thing about it. I don't know what's crazier that there's baseball in Buffalo and Andrew Cuomo's sitting front row every game, or the fact that I actually saw Francisco Cervelli with my own eyes, take a three Oh pitch with two outs in the ninth deep to tie a game. And I think speaking of those dingers, the surprising thing to me, Nick, is that when they brought, when they initially said that they were going to be playing at the stadium, obviously they wanted to replicate the Rogers Center. They want to make it look, they want to make the Blue Jays comfortable. But they were very like, you know, people were stout and talking about how the dimensions of the field weren't really that much different. So it wasn't going to be a sandbox. Well, lo and behold, the first couple of games, the ball is shooting out of Buffalo. Is there, are, is there lake effect fly balls? What the heck is going on, Nick? You seeing this on TV? What, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, I mean, the ball's flying. The ball is flying out of Salem Field. So, 
you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, um, maybe there is some type of lake effect wind pushing this ball out of the park, or maybe we've seen some big, big hitters the last couple of games. So, you know, at the end of the day, you've got players in the lineup um, that can hit balls all over the field. Uh, Bo Bichette's doing some amazing stuff right now. Really unfortunate what happened today. He's going to be on the 10 day IL. Um, but I mean, he's emerging as a superstar. You know, we're talking, we're, we're, last year we talked about Vlad Guerrero Jr. pretty much exclusively. You know, Bo Bichette was kind of in the back seat. Bo Bichette's coming out as the emerging superstar of that team. Um, Vladdy homered yesterday. Uh, he's looking a little bit better at the plate. Slow start for him. He'll get it back up. The ball's going to fly at Salem's Field. I don't know if it has anything to do with, you know, lake effect or whatever we're talking about, or if the Blue Jays are just built to hit bombs. Most definitely. Obviously, with uh, Bichette going to the IL, we were talking about it on the pregame show on Sunday. Going to be very large for those uh, the other young stars, uh, Cons, Bo, uh, Biggio, you know, Peanut, Guerrero Jr. to step it up because obviously Bichette has made a huge impact so far. But yeah, it's been very exciting. I mean, Nick, whether it's looking at the security guards from the top, whether they're chasing people on the parking ramps, seeing these dingers get hit. And, the, I mean, who – you got to you gotta admit, Buffalo loves its own. Buffalo loves when its own prospers. So, it's great to see Rowdy Telez hitting bombs. It's great to see Anthony Alford score the game-winning run the other night. Obviously, these are players you get to see, and it's great to see them at this professional level. And Buffalo's done a great job hosting baseball so far. So, Hope it continues there, and just like we want to pat Buffalo Bisons on the back, we also want to give a huge thanks to our friends at Seneca One. Check them out. They have apartments opening up for the fall if you're interested in looking for a spot, but uh, not going to plug them any further, but huge thank you to Douglas Development and Sean and their team over there. Speaking of teams, speaking of making moves, speaking of uh, accomplishments, we are looking at the standings, gentlemen, so Right away, I will go back to last episode, and again, I'll admit I was just as wrong as you, Nick, when I was talking about the Marlins. I thought they were going to go on a huge skid. Instead, they come and play the Buffalo Blue Jays, and they're shifting up a storm cons. They're doing all kinds of things, plugging their lineup to uh, stay afloat. So with another week and having seen them in person, I'm going to go to cons first and then Nick before we get to the rest of the standings. Is it possible these Marlins are for real? I mean, I think it go. I, I, I want to give a shout out to Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly. Um, not only because being a Yankee fan, the reason that I wore 23 in high school, you know, but it just seemed like every at bat for the Blue Jays, he had a shift on. And Maniac, I think I turned to you and I said, I am so tired of these shifts. And you turn to me and you go, it's a very important part of the game. But you also said that there should be some rules with shifting. Well, um, well, yeah, based right, right. on what they're allowed, I mean, I think yeah. that shifting is one trillion percent a part of the game right now. I think it's just as important as being in your ready position is shifting to that part where the mathematical factors say they're going to hit it. But, yeah, I think that my rule would be that you can only have two on each side of second base. So if you want to play that middle infielder, like, right on top of second, okay. But having, like, three we, – we've seen some crazy shifts. Yeah. Nick, I've never – I don't know. I've never <laughs> seen another player in the league shifted like this. Oh. For Kevin Biggio, they had four outfielders. They had a rover. They, they had, had a rover. rover. Outfielder. <laughs> a rover. Like, like, what is going on? <laughs> and, 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 and that's the thing. Like, are the Marlins for real? I don't know. I mean, yeah, Cervelli had a th hit a three-run home run, you know, uh, in, in one of the games. And, uh, you know, they had, they have a couple players, but it's like – 
is Don Manningly the mastermind behind this whole project? Because, you know, I'm a little biased here, but it just seems like the guy has an answer for everything. Oh, you want to pull the ball the right field? You, uh, Kevin Biggio, well, we'll just put her, put her over it. Oh, you like to push, you like to push the ball opposite way. It's okay. I'll slide my infield and outfield that way. So it was just really weird to see they won based on alignments and shifting and just situational stuff. I mean, the Blue Jays did cost themselves a couple games and we talked about it, Maniac. I thought you, me and Al, our heads were going to explode. Nick, fundamental baseball. I don't know if you caught any of the games. Fundamental yeah. baseball. There's a runner on first base, and, and the pickoff moves, like, are going wide. Or there's a double play ball, and they can't turn two. Or there's a yep. bunt that happens, and the third baseman watches it roll by him. It's just – it's incredible. And Montoya's yeah. not, a, not a bad manager. It just – it was crazy. Like Game yeah. two versus the Marlins came unraveled when they couldn't field the bunt to start the extra inning, and they missed it. And then – Nick, I have never seen this literally at an MLB level. Second and third, and the, and the catcher throws to second with two outs, and the second baseman wasn't even on second, like because I think and the ball still went to him, like so I don't know how that happened. But the runner from third literally just ran home. There was nothing right. else happened. I've never, I've never seen it before. Free, free bag, free runs. I mean, it reminds you of little league. I mean, at the end of the day, a, a play like that that reminds you of little league where. You would play. You would play even first and third. Forget about second and third. Second and third blows my mind that this happened. But yeah, that's first, incomprehensible. But go on. I, I mean, but you guys, you guys have played. I mean, you guys remember little league days. Yeah. You play little league baseball. There's a runner on first and third. What do you do? The runner on first takes off after the pitch is going. They see where the ball goes. If the ball gets thrown through to second base, that runner breaks. So it's the same thing in the majors. If you see a ball thrown to second base, the person on third's got to be ready to break home, and he was. Yeah, he took Nick, advantage. I kid you not, Nick, what you just said is exactly what I said, like not word for word, but the theme of it was exactly what I said to, to Maniac and Al. I was just like, was yeah. mind blown. It's, 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 it's childhood fundamental baseball. It really is. Yep, it most definitely is. And speaking of childhood, when you're about a quarter way through your development, we are just about a quarter way through the season. It's crazy looking at these standings because you have a team like the Marlins still at the top of the NL East at nine and six. But the Braves at 13 and 10. I mean, almost nine more games played. So it'll be very interesting as they begin to catch up there. Um, not much, you know, obviously we call it the standing shuffle, but not much change in the standings this week. Uh, you had the Astros kind of falling a little bit, even though uh, they're now on a win streak again. Uh, they were falling earlier in the week. You have the Mariners completely bottoming out. Now it's 7 16. Um, the Dodgers passed the Rockies. I guess that's the key one because the Rockies started super hot have come back down a little bit to earth in the past couple of days. So with that said, obviously we know we have the Yankees allegiance. We see, you know, what the twins are doing in the central. Let's start in the national league. Who do you think right now is your favorite to make a run at the pennant? Do, do you believe in the Cubs despite their plus 17 run differential, or is it going to be the Dodgers with their plus 60 and obviously their preseason favorite odds coming in? Let's start with Nick and then go to cons. Yeah, Maniac, this is, uh, in my opinion, it's still the Dodgers pennant to lose. Um, I do think that the Cubs have a good, a good ball club. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to be able to sustain uh, a team like the Dodgers when it comes to playing them in the playoffs. So I think the Dodgers, I'm not going to say that they're going to have an easy road through the playoffs, but I think that they're going to, at the end of the day, they're going to be the ones standing at the end of the season. They're going to be the ones playing hopefully the Yankees in the World Series 
Um, but you look at a team like the Cubs, I mean, their run differential is not really jumping off the jumping off paper for you. Um, that's kind of something that happened to the Rockies recently. We were talking last week about a plus 44. I think they're like a plus 20 or a plus 22 now, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Plus um, 23. Yep. Plus 23. Okay. So, I mean, they're, they're pitching not looking as good as we, we were talking about cons. I mean, what we saw in the first few weeks was unbelievable from their pitching staff. Um, and we know that they could smack the ball all over the place. I mean, Charlie Blackman, not only is he hitting over 400, but he's in the top seven, I think, in OPS or top three in OPS. So the guy's doing it all in all facets. He's not just hitting singles. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, a team like the Rockies, I don't think they're going to make much noise when it comes to the Dodgers taking that division. But, you know, the playoff bracket is very interesting this year. So, you know, it, it really is going to come down to a couple of things in the playoffs. I don't think the Dodgers lose in the playoffs, though, honestly. I'm sorry, you got to laugh. Though. I, or sorry, Cons, give me, give me your take. It's a, no, I, I was just going to say that I, I agree with Nick in the sense of I definitely think the Dodgers, it's the Dodgers pennant to lose. Um, Mookie Betts, three home runs. I mean, we were waiting for that. That big contract comes out. It's like, where's Mookie? And I, I remember we were, I was texting guys like, where's Mookie? What's the deal with Mookie? Where's this all-star? And then boom, three home runs. The fact that he comes alive only makes that lineup that much better. So, yes, I do think that the Dodgers, it's the Dodgers pennant to lose, but in, the thing I saw from the Rockies um, on, on Sunday was very, um, you know, it, it kind of gave me a little more confidence in them. So their offense carries them, carries them. They got all these guys hitting and everything. John Gray, okay, they're, they're, they're one uh, big pitcher on their staff, John Gray. He struggled a little bit this season, but Sunday he pitched seven innings. He had three, three earned runs, but seven Ks and two walks. And I think it's – definitely a confidence booster for that team as long as they can all be on the same page. If we can get that offense and that pitching staff clicking and running on full cylinders, I think that the Rockies could definitely contend, but it's like Dodgers six feet and then the rest of the NL. That's the thing right now. So for the Rockies to close that gap and kind of get in the talk with them, they're really going to have to put together like two weeks of just hard nosed, hitting and pitching baseball, no errors, fundamental baseball, as we talked about. So Dodgers pennant to lose, but I, I like the Rockies climbing, you know, climbing up in that conversation as well. I think that's a fair take. I think the Dodgers have shown why they were in a position to be the favorites, but like you guys have said, Colorado's shown the potential. And it's a good point, Cons. You were talking a couple of weeks ago about Sensatello Gray. You don't need like these guys to be studs. You really just need, like you said, quality starts out of them. Three runs over six or seven innings more than likely is going to be enough for that Colorado lineup to get it done. And then just looking at like the Dodgers pitching so far, because I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I own Walker Bueller in uh, fantasy and he has not exactly been lighting up the joint. Um, it's been very interesting how they've been able to kind of survive early, despite not having starting pitchers with their best stuff. I mean, Kershaw is obviously giving them some uh, like Urias came back out of nowhere. I mean, I think we all knew about Urias, but I, I thought he was done. I thought he was like – I thought he peaked three or four years ago and had an injury or something, but now he's back better than ever. Yeah, I, and I think we keep forgetting about Clint Frazier's twin brother, Dustin May. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, no, really, like, I, 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 I was so shocked. I've never seen a two-seam fastball that looks like a screwball come out of a hand. Yeah. It literally just tails like so quick and these hitters can't catch up with it. And I think I for, I'm so mad. I forgot to mention him um, because he is one and one this season, 2.75 ERA, but just amazing to watch. I mean, 17 strikeouts, you know, we talk so much about Kershaw and all these other pitchers on the staff, but 
Dustin May is slowly making his making a case to be a household name on that staff. Ginger guard. Yeah. <laughs> Noah Ginger guard. Don't forget, he was their opening night uh, starter. I don't know. I think he only yeah. went a couple innings, but uh, he shoot in for Kershaw. And then before we leave the NL, I, I got to laugh. I know it's coronavirus. I know it's very serious, but you got to laugh at the St. Louis Cardinals at, at four and four in second in the central four and four in second. They're second. Yeah. How does that think, work? Second. The Brewers are think, 10 and 10. The Brewers are basically just like running, doing nothing. And the, and the Cardinals have done nothing and just stayed at the exact same spot in the standings. I think I heard something like it's, there's like 38 games left of the season at this point, And uh, they have to play like, 11 or 14 double headers to catch up. So they're going to have a tough road. You know, I mean, that's a team that even if they get into the playoffs, even though it's only 60 games, you got to figure them to be limping into the playoffs, if, even if they make it. So it's yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see how they manage the bullpen on the back end of the double headers. But now we're going to flip flop back into the American League. So obviously the Yankees continue to relatively take care of business, currently on a four game win streak. Uh, the Twins getting pretty hot. The Indians getting hot. Uh, despite having a little inner turmoil on the team there. Uh, let's talk about that vibe for a little bit. We didn't even have that in the rundown, but uh, crazy story with Plesak and co. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it started, so it started with the NBA where they were having issues prior to playing in the bubble about guys leaving and guys trying to DM Instagram models to come hang out. And there was memes floating around about LeBron James tattletailing on everyone, you know? So the, the worst was that one yeah. guy who went to go get his door dash or whatever. Like he yeah. didn't really like do anything terrible. He just like went out and came back in and they were like, Nope, 10 days. Yeah. And, and, and then you get to, you know, the, first of all, let's point out hockey hasn't had an issue yet you know, knock on wood, but then you get to the MLB and please Zach and Clevenger are like, yeah, so I went out to dinner. It's like, yeah, I know. But the rule specifically stated you are to go to your room. You come down to the lobby, get your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, and you go right back up to your room. And these guys were like, yeah, well, we just wanted to hang out with some friends. Mind you, please Zach got caught. And then Clevenger was like, well, yeah, I was out with him too. And it's like, well, when were you going to tell him? So it, it just was so I hate, I don't like use this word, but it was so stupid guys. That was the yeah. dumbest thing you could have possibly done. And you almost took away who knows. I mean, what if Manfred was in a mood that day and was like, you know what? Season's canceled. We're done. We're not doing this anymore. You can't take that chance. It was ridiculous. Maniac. You'll tell, you'll, you'll tell cons from our college days that I would have taken a 10 game suspension. One of the, one night for a Jim's chicken finger sub. I was going to say, <laughs> you definitely would have left the Canisius college bubble for, for a Jim's. And, and, you, and you still would have had to take the shuttle back from uh, Rite Aid. Yeah, that's right. I would have had to walk to Rite Aid in the, in the blistering snow. Yeah, A bunch of times. That was Actually, now that I think about it, how ridiculous is it that the Canisius College shuttle didn't just go like three extra blocks when it was literally like 20 degrees outside and they knew it was student well-being? Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was kind of crazy. Them. But, yeah. yes, we would not want to keep you in a bubble. And I wouldn't – I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't do well in a bubble either, but we got to face it. This is majorly – this is professional sports. This is hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars online. I think that if we got to that level and we got to that lifestyle, we would understand and be able to stay in that bubble. But Cleveland, no, no worse for the wear. Now winners of their last three. So maybe it's having that – you know, sometimes you got to take a shot, maybe a little shot in the heart or something, but it brings the team together, I guess, maybe. That's, that's my only spin zone out of that. The Oakland Athletics can continue to play Moneyball now 16-6 and six on the season. 
They currently have the best record in the MLB, a half game ahead of the uh, LA Dodgers, who are 16 and 7. I mean, like, I got to be honest, I don't believe in the Oakland Athletics. They don't scare me. If I was to see the Yankees in the ALDS matchup against them, I would not be frightened at all, even despite seeing their early success. I don't know what you guys' thoughts. Nick, you hit it off first. Yeah, bring on the Athletics in the first round. I'll take them all day. Uh, That's that's like – if you gave me the twins in the first round, same thing. We're, we're, we're their daddies. I mean, like, you know, like, like, like Pedro said, or was that, was that Poppy? No, it was Pedro, right? No, no, no Pedro. It was Pedro. Call, call them my daddy. Call them the my Yankees daddy. Yankees are yep. my daddy. That's right. So, you know, we, we definitely are the Minnesota twins and the Oakland athletics daddies in the playoffs. There's no question about it. So bring on them. Um, I think a team like the athletics, unfortunately, isn't going to withstand the season. I mean, at the end of the day, the reason I'm saying it's unfortunate because, of course, I would love to play them in the playoffs. It's unfortunate for the team that's behind them. Yeah. I don't want to see <laughs> come out of nowhere because, like you said, they've won a couple of games in a row. They're starting to look a little bit better. They're starting to shake off. I just couldn't imagine this team being any like the team would have been meltdown mode if COVID never happened. I mean, the team would have like 20 wins right now. They'd be like 20 and 20 and 90. It's a joke. But no, 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 no. I know you're absolutely right with the struggles and just the craziness. I mean, it feels like every time they get into a rut, they get a series against the Seattle Mariners. I mean, what the hell is going on? Every time, every time the Astros are in a rut, they get a series against the Seattle Mariners, it feels like. What a division. What a division that is. But you know what? I guess we really can't complain. We've been beating up on the Orioles for, what, like eight years? So, yeah, it is what it is. Since, since the early Obama administration. Well, hey. Right. Speaking of standouts, uh, what's one player, you know, obviously we've talked in the past, Bieber, Blastiano, Cinco. What's one player that's standing out to you guys that uh, maybe the average person doesn't know about or doesn't understand why they are? Uh, I'll let either of you guys go. Yeah, so uh, with having MLB TV, if anyone saw me tweet, I don't leave my couch when I turn MLB TV on. So, um, but I would before it was time to go to bed, usually there'd be like a Padres game on and I would be like, eh, it's just the Padres. I'm going to go to bed. Well, now I want to watch him because of Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, Mr. Swagger over there, smooth defensive infielder's got a great bat. He's tied with Aaron Judge and Mike Trout, MLB leaders in home runs. He's got a 310 batting average, 21 RBIs. He's just fun to watch. I mean, he's a killer. He's a leadoff hitter. They're even thinking about putting him as a DH every now and then, but the promising thing about the Padres is, yes, they're nowhere near the Dodgers. They're, they may not make the playoffs this year because their pitching staff is trying to find their identity. But let's face it, two, three years from now, you might be able to move Tatis down in that order, and he might be driving in some serious runs. Everybody was talking about Manny Machado. This is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s team. I don't care what anyone says. Padre fans, come at me. Get at me, bro. Seriously. You're right on the money, cons. No question about Tatis. It's his team. You're right. Um, I'm going to give you a little two for real quick because one player that obviously is a household name who is surprising me at least is Bryce Harper. He's actually playing some really good baseball right now. Hate to say it because I don't like the guy that much, but the guy's batting 364. Um, He's got an 1165 OPS. So he's doing it. He's doing his thing over there. So um, I think he needs to stay hot for this Phillies team. Like we talked about before to, to kind of get out of that rut that they were in, which Hey, like you said, no better medicine than playing the New York Metropolitans. Um, But a couple of names real quick that I'm going to put in the same category are Lance Lynn and Sonny Gray. The reason I'm putting them together is because they were simultaneously on the Yankees at the same time and couldn't do it. 
So could you imagine Girl. if you guys put up these numbers uh-huh. and pinstripes, 17 would have been a wash. It would have been, it would have been, it would have been champagne showers for the rest of November. So um, if you look at what Lance Lynn's doing, he's got the lowest ERA in the American league. I think he's got a 0.74 whip. And obviously Sonny Gray's been doing his thing for like the last 30 starts or whatever it's been. Um, these two guys are powerhouses in the national league. You give them a little bit more small market <laughs> atmosphere. I think they, uh, they think they could do their thing, but you put them in pinstripes, you put them under the pressure, uh, the pressure with, you know, the New York media and the, the crowd in the Bronx didn't work out for them. Unfortunately. Did not work out for them. Unfortunately. Uh, and now I got a shout out. Obviously I'm going to give a first kudos to Kansas boy. Bieber uh I would obviously we're talking pitching stats only one pitcher in the MLB currently with five quality starts five for five on those uh absolutely killing it I think we mentioned I mentioned Dylan Bundy last week but he continues to dominate as well and then a pitcher who I don't want to sound like I'm negative or a bad guy but you know if I expected him to kind of fall off his game a little bit or maybe not be as consistent as he was in years past Carlos Carrasco, cookie, like he has every excuse to be rocking like a four five ERA and, you know, scuffling a little bit and said, nope, three out of four starts, quality starts, rocking a 3.22 ERA. The whip could use a little work, a little bit high there, but uh, he's just uh, picked up exactly where he left off. So kudos to cookie and that going kudos to everything that we're seeing across the league. I mean, it's just great to see this entertaining action. We're seeing studs. We didn't know we're studs. And uh, the league continues to develop, obviously, about a third of the way in to this 60 days of summer. And, gents, with that in mind, I, just, I realized this when we were getting ready for the rundown. I don't even know when the trade deadline is. What is the trade deadline? Are people buying and actually selling this year? It's like everyone's within five games of each other, it feels like. What are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, did you guys know when, it cut, when, it, when the trade deadline is? August 31st, I believe. Should be, yeah, August 31st trade di- deadline. It's nearly three weeks off. Um, so it should be the 31st. Um, okay. Well, it's coming up in about two weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's All right. Exciting. So with that said, two weeks away, given what we've talked about, given what you know, given, you know, the typical buyers and who that's likely to be, who would you say is a name that could be targeted? Could a Lance Lynn be on the move? So – my big name that's going to be on the move, it's, it's going to upset a lot of Boston Red Sox fans, but I think J.D. Martinez is on the move. I really do. Wow, that is going to upset a lot of people because yeah. he was kept over bets, essentially. Essentially, yeah. you, kept, you had to keep Martinez and you couldn't pay bets. Oh, they are going to not like that. They're not going to like that. You know, and, and, and I think that it – it kind of makes sense for the organization at, at, the, at the point that they're in. I mean, they are not looking like a good baseball team right now. They do have a lot of good youth in the organization, and they can get a little more of that youth in a trade for someone like J.D. Martinez. The trading, the trading atmosphere is a little weird right now. I know they talked about it on Fox yesterday or uh, two days ago um, when they talked about – I think Scott Boris, like, texted um, – one of the uh, one of the re- one of the reporters that that works on Fox, and it kind of came in as like breaking news. They basically are working on like a private jet protocol where they can move their family out safely to where they need to be um, as part of COVID. Um, but it's a really unique landscape right now with the trade uh, with the trade market, especially the fact that someone like JD Martinez can opt out next year, and 
let's face it, Major League Baseball is not making a lot of money right now. So if you trade for a guy and you get rid of some good ball players, you want to lock up J.D. Martinez, but the money might not be there. So I think someone like him is going to be on the move. It's just going to be interesting how it all plays out. Before we get to cons, now that you've said all that, it kind of feels like you'd almost want to be a seller versus a middling team this year because you might be able to get that extra value, especially in a time where obviously revenue streams are down. 100%. I, I, I agree with that 100%. These teams are not making money right now compared to what they usually do. I mean, a team like the New York Yankees, they're putting, you know, millions of people in the seats a year. They're not doing that this year. That's a ton of revenue. You know, you guys know better than anyone that Yankees games are not cheap. So a, a team like the Yankees, any baseball team is losing money, but a team like the Yankees is really losing money. A team that usually fills their seats are really losing money this year. Yeah, I, I, you know, I definitely, one of the guys that I was going to say was J.D. Martinez. And I think that, um, you know, the return on the Mookie Betts trade. Yeah, I mean, Alex Verdugo is great, but at best, at best, Verdugo is a 2011 version of Jacoby, Jacoby Ellsbury. And let's face it, and I'm not saying this as a Yankee fan that's sour about the way Ellsbury's career turned out in the Bronx, but Ellsbury was a great player, but he's not that – he's a player – a good player to have in your lineup when you have a lineup built around him, okay? So I think Verdugo Facts. could be a great play, great player, but he needs people around him that are going to be great. The one thing that I've been seeing a lot, uh, you know, the Astros. I, I bring up the Astros. You know, they've won two World Series titles in the past three years, whether it's cheating or not cheating, okay, however you spin it. The one guy that comes to mind is George Springer, Okay. He's got the fourth highest payroll on the team and the farm system's in really bad shape. That whole franchise is in bad shape. I wouldn't be surprised. They're not going to get value for El Tuve right now because El Tuve is batting 183. I think he's got 17 strikeouts. Dusty Baker had to bench him. I don't think Carlos Correa is going anywhere. I don't think that, um, you know, Verlander, any of these guys are really, no one's going anywhere. I think Springer is your biggest guy that you can trade in the organization to get you what you need. Because that farm system. George Springer is on yeah. the move. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's, he's heading for free agency. He's heading for free agency. What are you going to pay him more than? I mean, let's, let's face it. Let's think about it. The business of baseball and sports. It's a hot take for me. It might be a frozen cold take, but he's All, a free agent. Speaking of frozen cold, G George Springer leaving the Houston Astros in the middle of this season would be like when Jay Bruce Ismay got on the lifeboat on the Titanic as a man. Not supposed to be on that lifeboat. Rich, like, the guy, like, in charge of the White Star line or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Just getting off that sinking ship. It is a sinking ship, by the way. The yeah. uh, athletics are not going to relinquish that lead on the AL West in my book. But uh, very interesting. I love it. I love it. I'd rather have a, a take like that than, uh, than a basic boy. And speaking of the millions of fans missing out on the Yankees that uh, Nick mentioned, we're kind of missing out on the Yankees. Can't wait until the Yankees visit the Buffalo Blue Jays. Well, let's check in on them. The Yankees are uh, having a strong end to this past week. Currently at the top in the AL East, a little bit more competitive uh, than we would have liked probably to start out the year of the AL East. But what are your thoughts on the Yankees so far? Let's start with our guy, Nick. Yeah, uh, you know, the Yankees – the Yankees continue to amaze me. This is something that's been going on the last year and a half for me. And it might sound like it's a, it's a Homer take because I am a Yankees fan. Um, but at the end of the day, they are built to withstand 
what they said on Fox yesterday, a 300-game season. This team is built to last. So, yeah, Judge goes down. Stanton goes down. Um, we just heard LeMahieu has put on the 10-day IL. These guys, ha- these guys are ready to come and plug and play. You're Tyler Wades. You're Clint Frazier's. Red Thunder is getting it done right now in the Bronx because of a new approach. I mean, the guy has a new lease on life, so to speak. When he got sent down to the alternative site, he sat down with Aaron Boone, and they talked it out. And now it almost seems like Aaron Boone's treating him like a son. Like I said to you guys yesterday in our group chat, he, he hits a home run. He comes into the dugout. Aaron Boone grabs him by the brim of the hat and, like, rubs a – you know, little things like that shows that Booney is in, in touch with his players, and they play for him. doesn't matter if it's Talkman. And, Hans, you'll talk about who you know who in, in a few seconds. I want, you, I want you to pick on that. I'm, I'm not going to take that from you, but I'm on board with you, what, what you're about to say, Cons. So, I am really big on Mike Ford. Okay? I don't rock Gucci. I rock Mike Ford. Okay. And I think Mike Ford, he has 175 career at-bats coming into Sunday's game. Okay. And the way baseball works is the more at-bats you get, the more quality of a hitter you become. I mean – it depends on if you hit the baseball, but you know, people bring up these stats about he's stranded 18 runners. He's guys. He's hasn't even hit 200 at bats in his MLB career. Okay. I just don't understand all of this. Mike Ford. why is he batting fifth? Okay. Well, let's, let's take a step back for a second. Aaron judge is out with an injury. Gene Carlos Stanton's out with an injury. Gary Sanchez homered in his third straight game this past week, but he's taken a while to get going. What, what do you want the New York Yankees to do, okay? Luke Voigt's the same way. Hasn't had enough career bats. We've seen flashes of brilliance from these guys, but let's give them more at-bats in the lineup. Let's see what they're capable of in this 60-game season. You have the team to try this out with. Let's stop complaining about the guys like Mike Ford, and let's start complaining about the guys that actually matter. Hey, Aaron Hicks, want to hit a baseball? Hey, Aaron Judge, want to stop getting hurt? Hey, Giancarlo Stanton, like – this is New York. I don't know what other franchise would let you slide. Like it's just, it's frustrating to me that the one guy that constantly gets tweeted about is Mike Ford. It frustrates me. He doesn't even have 200 career at bats. Okay. I'm sorry. End ramp. I, I think I, I'm, I, I sign up. I'm on the, uh, I, I see the pros and cons of Mike Ford. And I know that our friend Kevin Masari isn't, isn't necessarily very big on him, but, yeah, let's get him out there and let's see what he can prove. I think this is, you know, it's not ideal in a 60-game season to necessarily be figuring it out, but that's why you have the rest of your lineup to support him. I mean, it doesn't need to all be on Mike Ford, and let's see if he can fill that role that obviously the Yankees are going to need him to fill. I mean, last year it was so crazy how many, how constantly people were stepping up, and obviously you had the sure things of LeMayhew in the beginning of the year and Urshela through the middle. But uh, it seems like... An early hero that's emerged for the Yankees, Zach Britton. Going into this year, uh, expected to just be, what, a seventh, eighth inning guy? Uh, Instead, you get Chapman with uh, still arm sore from 2016, which is totally fair, uh, given how much Joe Madden used him. We were just talking about that. But Britton now up there uh, amongst the league leader in saves. Uh, How how crucial is that bullpen? uh, I mean, we all know it's crucial come, come October. I mean, it's, it's not only crucial come October, Maniac. I mean, it's crucial in a 60-game season. I think it's even more crucial this year than usual because these games are worth more. We talked about this. I think it's, uh, what, 2.8 or 2.6 games is what each game is worth. Yep. So, you know, 
at the end of the day, the bullpen is crucial for the whole year because you're basically cramming three games into one. Um, but someone like Zach Britton, it shouldn't surprise everyone because at the end of the day, Zach Britton probably would be a closer on like 26 teams right now. Um, and he'd be a top flight all-star closer at that, which he is right now, obviously. Um, I just think that that's one of the biggest reasons that the Yankees are obviously doing what they're doing. You know, like we talked about these players, you know, going down and, you know, your Mike Ford's the world stepping up. I mean, people, if you told me that Glaber Torres was going to do what he did through the first 15 games, he's hot now, which is great. But if you told me Glaber Torres was going to do what he did, Sanchez was going to do what he did, Judge was going to get hurt, Stanton was going to get hurt, LeMahieu was going to get hurt, I'd be like, oh, crap, here we go again. Like, you know, we're going to have to do – but this team is built. They're built strong. They are built strong. There's some depth there. And we will continue to see how they go in this six days of summer. Just about one – uh, one third through Yankees obviously with 20 games played or actually sorry 21 games played uh, just about a 700 win percentage so we'll take that as a Yankees fan as we're about to sign off here obviously hope you're having a good Monday August 17th as this summer rolls on this very strange sports summer due to the coronavirus knocking some sports out early but we figure we might give you some details of August 17th uh, and what that means to baseball so I will bring up the on this day in baseball it's kind of weird they always say that you know there aren't a ton of major leaguers out there only 73 major leaguers were born on august 17th so that shows you how few there really are in the whole scape of whoever played baseball and this is a little bit more of a somber note but anyone who watched him play whether it was for the twins or later in his career for the mets and that of course that no hitter johan santana last game played august 17th 2012 unfortunately but yeah baseball always ripe with information uh nick p what do you got for us yeah so um i'm gonna do a little double dip from today from yesterday into today um yesterday in baseball history in 1948 babe ruth passed away um and today in baseball history about a hundred thousand people went and saw the body of babe ruth which was on display at yankee stadium so it's kind of funny to, to hear something like that, but he was bigger than, I mean, he was making more than the president at the time, which wasn't, now it's normal, but it wasn't normal back then. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he was larger than life. To, to see someone that was actually basically put on ice so people could walk by and see him, pretty incredible. Um, you know, if not the best top five all-time baseball player, obviously obviously paved the way with the, with the long ball for, you know, generations to come, you know, people still looking to hit that dinger. And I think that all started with, uh, you know, the enamor that, you know, that George Herman brought to the game. George Herman, who could forget the time he signed that baseball that that kid hit over the fence that one time too. Obviously a classic story. Um, and cons, August 17th, what do you got for us? So this is kind of crazy. I didn't realize this as I was researching, but the first one I have is, Homering in the seventh inning on this day in 2002. Seventh inning off of Mariner starter, James Baldwin, Yankee all-star Alfonso Soriano. I was going to say Soriano. I was like, but you already mentioned him earlier in the show. No! Becomes the first second baseman to hit 30 home runs and 30 steals in the same season. Bobby Bonds is the only other Yankee to post a 30-30 season accomplishing this fate in 1975. But here's the cool thing about what comes next on this day. Who did Alfonso Soriano get traded for? Alex Rodriguez. 
Alex Rodriguez becomes the sixth player and the first infielder to compile five consecutive 40 home run seasons. The Rangers shortstop joined Ralph Kiner, Duke Snyder, Ken Griffey Jr., Sammy Sosa, and Babe Ruth, who established the record with seven straight 40 homer seasons. Unreal. What a crazy day. I feel like in the late 90s, being in the 30-30 and 40-40 club was so cool. It's like not even an existing club anymore, it feels like. When a guy yeah. hits 30 to 40 bombs, you don't want him, you don't want him stealing bases. Yeah. No. You want him healthy. Yeah, you let it like like they, they have discouraged like a guy like Trout from running legitimately, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think something that's pretty amazing that Cons just did is he really tied in a lot of baseball history. I think the really nice thing about baseball is it's a game where you could take a name like Alfonso Soriano, tie it to A-Rod, and then eventually tie it to Babe Ruth. It's just really cool how you can connect names in baseball it's something that can't be done in other sports in my opinion so um i remember i had a uh like a yearbook for the yankees in 2003 i think it was it was the year they got giambi 2002 and it kind of tied in the lineage and it's only like it was only like nine players to get to uh we willie keeler to like say this guy played with this guy this play played with this guy so to hear names tied together i always love that kind of stuff cons good job man most Thanks. definitely. Maybe a future segment. We could do like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon, except it's the six. <laughs> we can call it the six degrees of, of Giancarlo Stanton or something. It'll be great. It'll be great. So, and uh, best before we, before we sign off, obviously we were talking our stuff. Where, where are you at on the Yankees right now? The Jeter meter. Six out of 10. Six out of 10. Okay. Because well, of Judge and Stanton being out. Okay. I, I can't give him a 10 out of 10 without those two in the lineup. I agree. I agree. Nick, where are we at? I'm going to go 7 out of 10. Uh, I think we kind of talked about the bullpen uh, down the fort and uh, the rest of the team doing their thing. What happened? I think it sounds like you're talking while you're making popcorn in the microwave. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is happening. But the what happened was fine, so we'll get that. And obviously everyone heard it. I'm going to go in honor of Reed Ferguson and the fact that I'm pulling in both your ranges. 6.9 out of 10. A very nice start to the season so far for the uh, Yankees. And let's see if they can continue to keep it rolling. And we hope you will keep it rolling with us here at 60 Days of Summer. It is a crazy baseball season. You don't know what's going to come next. And you sure as hell don't know what way the Houston Asterisks are going to try to cheat next. So let's all keep our eyes on them. For my co-host, Cons, my co-host, Nick, I'm Maniac, whether it's these crazy picks, whether it's these standing shuffles, whether it's these buyer-seller segments, whether it's the Buffalo Blue Jays, it's all about three words here, folks. Let's play ball. <laughs>